proudest day and the proudest time and the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and, and, and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast. Let's talk rally. Episode 28. And I'd like to start by welcoming along Connor Edwards. Connor, you're welcome as always. Kevin, thank you. Great to be here again. Um, you know, in this episode, we'll take a look back at the Yeepers, the latest round of WRC, the finale of the ITRC, the Ulster Rally, and then we'll look forward to Galway Summer and Dava, uh, local forestry rally in Northern Ireland this weekend. So I suppose without further ado, uh, oh, before we go anywhere, like, share, comment, uh, rate the podcast, all those things is gratefully appreciated. And I just want to say uh, everybody at the Ulster Rally, thanks everyone for your kind words that everyone I spoke to at the weekend. There were so many kind comments about the podcast. Um, overwhelmed by it all. Really appreciate it. Thanks one and all. I'm not going to start naming names because I'll be here all night. Um, but uh, we'll start off with Belgium. Uh, Yeepers. This tonic mine is, you know, defying the, the logic. Do you? I don't know if, you, if you've been watching the stage end interviews, but he's a different person. Um, you know, when you when you look back to Estonia or Portugal or any, just the, there's a buzz and an energy in him again that we saw in Finland, and it was again here in Ypres. And yet he's pushed. Obviously, there's been, you know, I don't think it's just him. I think they have got something mm-hmm. working on that car compared to what it was. But yeah, he's he's like a man possessed at the moment. Yeah. And like um there's like that friction <laughs> rivalry between himself and the Ville, you know, wow. that's bubbling them below the surface. Um that uh, you know, yes, it's good, but it's, is it good for the team? Like is it helping the, you know, is it for the good of the, you know, for the better of the cause, really, I suppose that's what I'm trying to say. I don't know. You see, there was always that talk that it was Nouvelle's team and the car was all developed always developed towards Nouvelle because he was their longest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, that that's something that happened under Adamo, and you know, whether that's changed now that Adamo's gone or what the crack is, but and and Tannock seems to have, you know, uh, re-emerged. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's you know, we still don't have a manager confirmed for that team so you know there's kind of is that adding to the friction is that allowing the friction to happen yeah it's it's a hard one to know but it's not good for the team it's not good for rallying in one sense no you know like uh, you know for a team that's trying to strive to beat toyota you know they need to be all pulling in the one direction definitely yes the car has improved you know the, the two drivers were setting very good times like solberg was looking you know getting the confidence back the back end doesn't seem to be as snappy, but how much better could it be if they were all working, you know, for, for the common good, as I keep saying? And and not only that, 
Toyota a little bit on the back foot. You know, Toyota kind of got railroaded in, in Finland and nobody ex- saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, we're a bit on the back foot, you know, in, in, in Ypres. So whilst, you know, the, the car's solid, nothing wrong with the, the, the Yaris, it's going well. Mm-hmm. But Hyundai have have found something and Tanik has certainly found something. Um, but that internal piece, yeah, that, that's only going to pull people apart or pull the team apart. Absolutely. You know, it can't be a, a Nouvelle car versus a, a Tanak car. It mm-hmm. has to be the Hyundai, yeah. uh, you know, and it has to be developed to be the Hyundai team's car. You know, I, it, that'll all end in tears, basically. And then you mm-hmm. have, you know, into the mix now, they're talking about Tanak's contract and... You know, he can uh, leave, this multi-year you know, contract, we're, we're, yeah. What how long is multi-year and yeah, this like we're we're this now all suddenly coming out of mm-hmm. who, you know, why is this co- coming up at the, at the moment? It's an interesting one, but it, yeah. it's not a healthy one. No, and then like you know, Toyota, like, you know, how unfortunate Rosenberg going off so early. That like probably put the pressure onto Evans and they had to be solid, bring points home for the team, you know, and you know, he come within what seven seconds of the one at the finish up. Like it's you know, to be driving with that responsibility and still only be seven seconds behind at the finish up shows that I think Evans is finally getting there. I think he has got on top of the, you know, the issues he was having earlier in the season. Yeah, I suppose there's two points there. One, Cali went out early. I was very surprised how agitated Cali and Yona got with being delayed on the time control. You know, they seem to get very flustered very easily I was quite especially you know it was a rally they didn't need to win uh, it was a rally they kind of weren't tipped to win and so the pressure shouldn't have been on them I thought Yari Matty was brilliant mm-hmm. when asked about it he was like nah, you know it was going to happen at some point yeah. it just happened to happen here but I was I was very surprised that that they seemed to be flustered and whether it was cold tires and a bit too much speed not listening to the notes I don't know mm-hmm. I was you know maybe it was just the youth of Cali, we suddenly saw it, whereas so far all year it's been a mature Rovan Para that we, we we watched. With regard to Evans, I thought he had a brilliant drive. Unfortunately for him, you know, tyres have been an issue in a lot of the other events this year. They weren't in Ypres, but he happened to get a puncture. And then they checked in late and got a 10-second penalty for that. And, you know, it was a seven-second difference between him and Tanak, so... Yeah. Without mm-hmm. the penalty, without the puncture, but then there's a lot of what ifs. IFs and buts, yeah. But uh-huh. I, I think he had a solid drive, didn't put a foot wrong, wasn't mm-hmm. on the edge. Yeah. And again, you know, team driver, and a bit like last year, mm-hmm. he came good in the second half of the season. Yeah. So maybe it's taken him a little while. You know, these cars are different, they're heavier, there's the boost issue. So maybe he's just been finding his feet. Mm-hmm. And rapidly finding, like, is it, he hasn't been slow up to this. Absolutely but. not, no. And then, you know, Lappi, you know, from the guy that's only in part-time in the seat, like, he is really settling into that team. He's merely making that third seat his own. Like, SOJ, you know, is going to always be back for a few events. But I never thought we'd see the day you'd be saying, has OJ really been missed? Very true. And Lappi's a bit of a character. He's bringing yeah. a bit of fun back to it. You know, it, it's, it's the McRae and Vatanen edge to him that I love. Um, I'm delighted for him that it is coming good because, you know, the last time he was, you know, two years ago, three years ago when he was competing, there was a bit of a question mark and he got dropped and, you know, too many times he was gone off and it was a bit edgy. But this is great to see. Finland, mm-hmm. he recovered, got to the finish, got a podium. Ypres, a very technical, very specialist event. And if you look at it, the two people tipped 
to take the win on a specialist event, Neuville and Breen. Yeah. You know, and there's yeah. Lappy gets the podium on tarmac. Yeah, but then we know what Lavi's like in tarmac. We've seen him here in the circuit earned a few years yeah. ago. Like he is, he, you know, I I I read him then, and I still do. I think he has the potential to be a, like a world champion if things start to just fall into place for him. I do think he has an immense talent. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, if he if he had a full time contract yeah. and he was in the car every single event, mm-hmm. he's challenge. You know, he should be challenging for the win. Once he's he's fully up to speed, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, we're uh, we're saying about Solberg, like a solid drive. Takamoto had various technical issues. Uh, it you know, he's he's the real team player. He didn't talk about them, he didn't you know, he didn't dwell on them. You know, still a useful haul of points, you know, at the end of the rally. So, you know, then things all have to be very positive, um, absolutely. A lot of technical issues there for Aaron and, and Takamoto. And mm-hmm. it was great to see, look, they still got you know, a, a, a a top five place overall. They've, they've kept their, their record. They've finished every event this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Solberg, I was delighted for. I, I felt, oh, I felt sick for him in Finland. Yeah. And like, he's only 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, that pressure mm-hmm. yeah. that he's carrying with him, you know, the, the Solberg name, mm-hmm. the, you know, a works drive at that age. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, that was an amazing comeback in Ypres. Really genuine and mm-hmm. an amazing comeback from him. Fantastic. It, it can only, you know, um, tell us what's to come from him. You know, once he really gets another couple of years under his belt and get mm-hmm. really settled into, uh, you know, a WRC team, wherever he ends up. Uh, you know, as you, you, know, you say there, he's 20. Ruben Perez is, what, 22. We forget these guys. Think we're we're not used to seeing guys so young at such a high level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know a few years ago a driver wasn't getting into the championship until he was in 24, 25, 26. And then they were being allowed three, four years to develop. Now we want ever and instantly. It's 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 been a huge demand these young guys coming up through. Yeah, I know it is. Like there's massive pressures on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. There really yeah. is. They have a lot of responsibility when in a works drive, and there's yeah. a lot expected of them. Yeah, and like you know, no, no team more so than M Sport. Like the Craig Breen, team leader. Uh, what can we say? Like he's had a tough year. The last three events, you know, Craig himself expected to do well, and it, it haven't things haven't worked his way. And there's so many armchair critics out there willing to kick him. Like this is our own guy, you know, himself and Paul, out there on the world stage. We should be celebrating that, not condone or condemning it. No, absolutely. We should be celebrating it. Um, you know, you've got to put things in perspective. M Sports not a works team. You know, things time, you know, it's been tight there for the last couple of years. There was a lot of layoffs over COVID. Budgets are tight. Um, you know, money has been spent to get this car ready. Uh, Breen's come in. This is his first real full time WRC contract. Yes, he's been in WRC for the last X number of years, mm-hmm. but always in part time roles. And so there's the added pressure there. And then as a whole, there's extra pressure on because the rest of the team's quite junior. They're mm-hmm. quite inexperienced. Accidents are going to happen. We know that. And it's yeah. just unfortunate that Emsworth can't afford to have them, to, you know, mm-hmm. happen. There isn't that bit of room for uh-huh. learning, for error. And, you know, I suppose they, they opted for Breen because he had a track record of being Mr. Consistent, mm-hmm. you know, bringing home podium finishes or, or thereabouts. And it's just, you know, unfortunately, a run of misfortune, bad luck, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But 
like all runs of anything, they have to end and it does have to turn around. Oh, and, yeah. Like, we know we've seen good runs, you know, yeah. the opposite way. This will turn, you know, and like, yeah. we've seen what he can do here at home. Like, there's no doubt this guy will come good, you know, without, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. And then some of our other local drivers, Josh McLean and James Fulton, like the times they were setting, uh, you know, it was looking superb. And then unfortunately, they slid off the road and the car was, you know, they weren't able to get the car going again for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. So unfortunate. Oh no, they were setting great times. Like they were beating Andreas Mickelson, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a seasoned expert. Yeah. And like somebody who's very at home when he's in that Skoda. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, they, they beat him on a couple of stages. And Ypres unforgiving, you there isn't that room. You're in a ditch, you're gone. You know, mm-hmm. there there isn't that, you know, somebody's gonna pull you out or you might just get away with it. It, it, it it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Actually, we've seen, you know, we've seen bigger crises there in Belgium yeah. than we've probably seen all year. And uh, you know, that as you say, that's how unforgiven that the stages are over there. And then, you know, uh Eamon Bone and the MJ, they you know, just go around, no bother to them, you know, everyone's done and a great finish at the finish of it all. And I read somewhere today, MJ is now, I think, second overall in the WRC2 Masters Co-Drivers Championship. Like, you know, those two guys just, to me, are the spirit of rallying. They just want to go out, compete, no fuss, no drama, get the job done. Yep. That's them. Oh, no, no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to see them. It's always a pleasure, you know, to, to see them on the entry list. Uh, I know they don't get the TV coverage, but... You know, it's good to follow them results-wise and, and delighted for MJ. Now, that's brilliant. Hopefully, they can uh, mm-hmm. improve on that and MJ can come out on top at the end of the championship. Would be very cool. Would be very cool. And you wanted to make a special mention there for Chris Ingram. And, yeah. Absolutely. I thought Chris had an absolutely stunning drive. Um, just like the guy is very, very little seat time. He's on a tight, tight budget. Even from a testing point of view, it's very limited. And I thought he had a fantastic run. He really was impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Come away. I think top junior in a way in WRC two and fourth overall in the class too. Yeah, so like, in the class. Yeah, you know, like that's, some... that's brilliant for him. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And you know, competing against you know seasoned performers there in that class who've been competing in that class for the last two years, three years. So mm-hmm. I thought he did brilliantly. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, and then you know, closer to home with the final round of the Termite Championship, the Australia. Uh, you know. It maybe wasn't the nail biter that we've had all season, you know, like from tenths of a seconds, but nonetheless, you know, a very intriguing rally the way it all unfolded. Absolutely. Listen, it was disappointment we didn't have Ali, disappointment we didn't have Callum, but you know, there was still a bit of a fight at the top there. We had Johnny and Desi put on a strong performance, and then with Marion into the mix, mm-hmm. and you know, constantly watching what's Josh going to do? Is he going to, you know, play safe or will he? You know, get tempted to, um, you know, go for a, a champion or what do you call it, the, the event win. But uh, mm-hmm. no, it was great to watch and, and certainly enjoyed, despite getting wet, um, <laughs> standing on the side of the road. Yeah, I like it. You know, it was a different rally. You know, like it was the, the mindset of like Mary and Desi and Johnny, their mindset was to go out there and try and win the rally. Uh, Josh was, you know, get round, get his points that he needed. And then, you know, you had Jason Mitchell threw into the mix as well, uh, you know, and then all the other guys that was there, you know, it was just to watch how it all unfolded. Um, it, it's always nice. Yes, you love to see drivers going absolutely flat out, but sometimes you like to see how methodical somebody has to be to get the points they need to, you know, to, to close off the game. It's like, it's no different from a game of football, you know, you could be leading 2-3-0 and then you have to go defensive or, you know, you have to change your tactics. So, you know, 
rallying is a team sport as well. You know, you can't just, you know, go flat out and hope everyone else works. You have to play the long game sometimes. And that's what Joyce done last weekend. Absolutely. Listen, you know, he's put in, a, a, you know, a season's worth of, of, of rallying. It would be madness for him to have thrown it away. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there was a certain element of him would have loved to, you know, chalk the Ulster up as another win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it would have been crazy just to risk it all. Um, you know, especially as I say, he didn't have the strongest of competition for that for that champion. It was really between him and Marion. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it, it was good. But but it was it, it was I suppose every time you looked at the um, the the leaderboard, it was always surprising to see Josh sitting in fourth. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it, there was always like you know, will he put a charge on or will he not? But like. You know, you can't take it away from Marion and JJ. They thoroughly deserve the one. Like, you know, they've pushed hard all year. You know, they have, you know, they, they met themselves. They went through a wee bit, of, you know, of a dip in performance earlier in the year. But they've come back strongly since Donegal. You know, they had a great run and Donegal then into Cork 20 and then the Ulster. Like, it was brilliant to see. Desi Henry, you know, he said once this car was sorted, he would, you know, end a performance. He, like, he showed on Friday night that he has the speed. Absolutely no doubt about it. Such an unfortunate, you know, um, the farmyard where he clipped the post on Saturday morning. Seemingly, whoever was going to be first car on the road was going to, it was so greasy and slippery there that, you know, first car on the road was going to have an incident there. Um, And then Johnny Greer, you know, I I don't know what the right thing. We sometimes forget how good Johnny Greer is. Uh, He's always so consistent a performer. He's always there, thereabouts. And, you know, he, to me, it's been probably a revelation of the year. I know Johnny's had a good year, and Johnny's great to watch. But he's mm. always so neat, clean, and tidy. Like you never say, I've never seen Johnny, you know, flustered or flustered or on the uh, door handles, yeah. you know, in, in, in a stupid way or anything. Like he's a very solid conservative driver mm-hmm. and puts in and clocks up some great results. And you got to remember this year as well. You know, change your co-drivers. Yeah, constantly. Uh, you yeah. know, he hasn't mm-hmm. had Kirsty beside him. So, uh, you know, it, it's it, that's that's been different for him this year as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, we go down through then, you know, like Damien Toner, who was having a stunning oh, drive, you know. Absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he knows Steve Gullion, like, but to set, like, you know, I think third, fourth fastest time in the first run, and then in the dark, second fastest overall, like, beating all the R5s, never know. It must have been some spin, and then they had a half spin, and the tires were going off towards the end. They were they going quicker. Like my goodness, <laughs> yeah. Kevin. Even knowing Steve Gullion, yeah, certain advantage, but that place was greasy. It was slippy. It was narrow. It was tight. It was you know, pitch dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you might have a little advantage, but not yeah. a huge amount. Yeah, that, that was sheer guts. Yeah, and balls or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah well. <laughs> you were trying to be polite there. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll cut across now to Marion and JJ and get their thoughts from the weekend. Uh, 2022 Modern Tires Ulster Rally winners. Still is a nice ring to it, even now on a Monday evening, Marion. Yeah, yeah, it'll sound nice for a, a good few weeks again, I think, or even longer than that. But, um. Nice to get the international win at last. Um, kind of felt we got close a few times this year, but it never quite come off. And gives me a bit of bragging rights over Dad as well because he never got one either. So that's a bit nice. Yeah, and and Jonathan for yourself as well. <clears throat> you, know, you think of some of the previous runners to see your name and that trophy now. Pretty cool. Ah, oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we were actually chatting on the way home. You know, looking at the role of honour of those who have won before, and 
the names that were on it. I was, you know, watching the likes of Gwyneth Evans and the F2 era as I was growing up and uh, realised that 32 years ago, uh, he won it. His first international was, win was the Ulster in the Big Pink Sierra. So really cool to emulate that uh, a few years on. And uh, yeah, no, it's amazing to look down that list and, you know, be able to see our names on it. Yeah, and like you know, the Ulster probably you know it was the shortest rally of the year, but it has to be the toughest as well. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we were looking at DVD before the rally, and you see, you could see how challenging the stages were, and you know, there was they're so relentless, so many junctions, so many like rhythm changes and and stuff, and then you had the weather in, <laughs> which just made it you know twice as hard again. Yeah. And then darkness as well too. <laughs> Yeah, it's not something we actually get to do all that often. So it's, yeah. uh, it's quite cool to do, actually. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I said at the, the interview and the finish, actually, I think I, I was never historically any good on stages like that. I'm never really comfortable on them. I was always faster, you know, on, on faster stages and stuff. So we seem to have come on a lot in that kind of conditions and, you know, that, those kind of stages this year, which is really good. So it kind of just rounds it off a bit more, you know, so we can compete everywhere. But, um, yeah, the stages were... <laughs> We're really relentless, and you know the problem. There's nothing worse than rain in August. You know, summer rain is the worst because the you have to have the blower on in the car. It's about 17 degrees outside still, and obviously you're just sweating your you know what's off. So <laughs> yeah, it, it just makes it a bit more tricky. But um, yeah, like like you say, that drains as well. So. You know, you had to get two or like a first and a second minimum, regardless of what Josh done. So did that affect your plan? Um, no, like we knew that Johnny would be fast, you know. Um, so I knew I'd probably have to drive as well as as I can really to beat Johnny up there, especially with it being kind of close to home for him. He he goes well up north sort of all the time. So we kind of knew what we, we had to do, but still to pull it off is is tricky. So it was nice that we could come away, you know, with with two maximums from it and win both days. At least kind of we upheld our part of the bargain just to be fair to Josh, he drove very steady for both days and, and come away with a win. And somebody said to me that, you know, oh, it's a shame that Callum and Ali weren't there, but then you don't know, maybe they'd have, we'd have, you know, beaten each other on each day. You just don't know what would happen. It would have been a different story. But no, you know, in terms of doing our job, we did everything kind of as well as we can, apart from a visit to a field on, on Friday night, which was, you know, I thought that was it in terms of the first day because I thought I can't give time away on, on such a short leg, you know. You know, it was only it was only thirty mile or twenty five mile, or whatever. So I thought that was it, but luckily we had enough pace over the rest of the stage, and uh, and uh, we we just got Johnny on on the last one, which was nice. You know, and like <coughs> some people say, you know, it's very unfair that you know that you know that thirty miles was the same point for it as three days of Donegal, but you know, having three stages and full points available, it kind of sharpens the mind that you you know, as you say, like you went into the field, you thought you'd blown it. It, yeah. it allows you very limited space for a half spin or uh, anything, really. It, like, makes it its own little sprint event, doesn't it? Yeah. So, and, yeah, you know, it's easy for people to say from the outside you sh there shouldn't be points for three stages compared to three days of Donegal, but at the end of the day, we signed up for it to start the year, didn't we? So whatever situation you end up in, if you've got a chance to go for it, you know, you're going to go for it, and that's it. So, you know, we knew what we were playing for, so... Um, yeah, it's a, it was a different challenge. Like it, it almost like it was a sprint event within an event. You know, like yeah. you know, well maybe two sprint events you could say. But obviously Saturday was a bit was a bit longer, and it was you know obviously the the stages were, were very tough on Saturday. But 
in terms of inconsistency, I found that probably the hardest stage of the rally was actually the second stage because we did that stage back in 2019 in the dry and the grip was really good in that. And from the recce this year, we felt that, that it looked pretty good again, barring one or two places and we could go quite, quite hard at it. So I, I started quite aggressively and we just couldn't get into it at all. I even got to the end and it just felt like a very, very difficult kind of 15 miles that I could never really settle into, you know, <laughs> and which was surprising. But um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, we were quite happy to get out of it, actually. And, and that's a stage that since I did it last, I, I always said, like, I really enjoyed it. But I really I kind of struggled to enjoy it on, on Friday night. <laughs> and like, <sorry. coughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like, it must have been a very tough <clears throat> balancing act for you, because on one hand, you're still looking for your first international win. The other hand, you've got the whole championship, all the work you've done all year. And, you know, obviously once it became clear that Josh was going to pace himself, then you're into that fight with Desi and Johnny for the win. And, and you know, how did, how did you kind of work that out in your head? Uh, I think I kind of, when, when, when we saw Josh had, had settled to kind of do what he did, we always just had to, yeah, there's a race for a win, but still, I said in, on Saturday, I think we'd still look silly if if we went off and, and something happened to Josh, you know. That would have been tough, but um, yeah, like, it just approaches any other rally, really. We spoke about it on the way out, down on the way back. Like, we didn't change much. We just <clears throat> went about the job and and just tried to put the plan into action. You know, we didn't want to go silly or or attack too much and, and make a mistake really early on or a big mistake. Then we made a small one, but luckily we could rectify that. But uh, yeah, and I think when the chance came then on obviously on Saturday, we, where we knew we could win the rally, um, we just tried to try and go for it, really. You know, I, I wanted to win it because I suppose you don't get a chance every weekend to win an international rally. So um, I just try and make the most of it. <clears throat> and JJ, was it all calm in the car? Did you have to settle him at any point or? No, to be fair, I never have to, uh, you know, tell him to settle down as such. It's, you know, in conditions like that, it's really hard to approach and you, you kind of say, okay, you know, listen to me a bit more down here or, you know, settle it down, watch the break in here, watch the break in there. But no, to be fair, you just try and keep the job as calm as you can. Um, even if underneath you might be puddling like a quickly as a duck, but, you know, just try and keep it calm and just keep doing the job as, as well as we have all year, really, you know, approach it, like Matt says, the same as we do every time. Um, yeah. And just, there's no point getting stressed. Just create situations that you don't really want to have to deal with. But we didn't really have a moment, to be fair. It was just trying to be... I think I said it a lot before the rally. I said it last week as well, that it was probably more about being clean and efficient and not, not making mistakes. And when, when you get a stage as, <clears throat> as tricky as Tyrone's ditches and with the weather as terrible as what it was, it's it's the fastest way through it is just to not waste time anywhere. And I think we, we kind of proved that. It would have been interesting to see if Desi would have got the time on the board, what it would have been like. But... Um, we just felt it was clean, you know, no dramas. And, and that was the key, I think. And JJ, from your point of view, you know, like these technical, you know, demand and stages, there's obviously more notes involved. Like that is <coughs> an, an extra dimension on your job that, you know, you have to keep, you know, keep the calm, keep, you know, not get anxious or get overexcited. You have to, as, as well as keeping Marion on the level, you have to remain level. Does, do, do you notice that in the car yourself or is that just second nature to you now? It does become a bit second nature, to be honest. I mean, you're absolutely right in terms of the technical stages. You know, there's so many more notes. I think for 
12 miles of tiring stitches. There was nearly 30 pages of notes. Um, <clears throat> so that just shows you how much there is to do. My throat's still a bit dry today. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, as you're going along, it does. This, they are so technical and the, the rhythm changes change so often as well. You know, you, you, there was 30 odd junctions in Tyrone stitches alone. Um, so, you, you know, you're constantly going between faster sections and really slow technical um, sections and just getting that rhythm right and not disturbing him at the same time by tripping up or, you know, just, just generally disturbing the flow in the car it makes it pretty tough. But I was really looking forward to that challenge before the rally, actually. You know, after watching the, the DVD, mm. I knew it was going to be um, quite tricky, quite tough to nail the notes and get them absolutely right. So, you know, when you add then the additional information from the weather, that just adds to the challenge even more. So to be able to nail it and as best as I could <laughs> and get the information across and keep it calm mm. and collected, yeah. I was looking forward to that during the rally, so, it, yeah, it was great fun. And like the way the weather changed as well, the gravel crew must have been vital because I would say they just probably wrecked in the dry as well. Yeah, it was fully dry here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was fully dry. So yeah, no, uh, the boss and, and Mark Lennister did an awesome job for us, to be fair. Gave us all the information we needed um, and, you know, to pull that in and then deliver it across. And a big thank you to them, actually, because, you know, that work, their work that weekend was pretty invaluable. Yeah, I like. I know it's your dad, Marion, but like you have to put full trust in his interpretation of your notes. Yeah, well, my notes have stemmed from my dad's originally. You know, okay, mine are probably a bit more complicated than what his were, but <clears throat> they're um, so he pretty much understands them because they've come from what what he initially had. So that's that's always a help. And I think the the good thing with dad is he's competed, he has experience. And he works on the cars and he understands, you know, tyres and everything. And he can give me sort of good, clear advice on on what he thinks it is tyre-wise. And to be fair, it was also good. We had Matt out there with Pirelli as well. So Matt was was giving some good info and he actually managed to get in the stages between the two loops because the roads reopened. And um, just that little extra bit just to see kind of, you know, sending a picture through of a junction just, just, just so you can prepare yourself for it, you know. And um, just little things like that, they all help. And it's just... You just want all the info possible so you can a make the best choice you can in service with a tire or or changing the setup of the car and then so they they put the things in the notes but but they don't put anything silly and or start reconstructing you know because you know, that, yes. that could be a problem <laughs> so um <clears throat> yeah like jj said that the stages were so busy as well you couldn't you didn't really have much room to put a hell of a lot more info in so you had to be quite clever with, with how you got it across as well and Connor, do you want to come in there? I was going to say, yeah, like I know, <coughs> even from spectating uh, on those stages, and there's, you know, they're in night around farmyards, they were <coughs> slippy under the trees, you know, in different bits. Like it must have been very difficult making a tire choice. Uh, it was because the thing this time of year is it dries so quickly as well. Like you saw on Saturday morning, it had rained for a good three hours and then it dried very quickly and we were just starting to think like, is, is this sort of becoming too dry for a wet? But then you look at the forecast and you just, <clears throat> it was, it was forecast to rain a lot. And thankfully it did because we trusted it and, and that's what it was. But yeah, you know, it's the tie choice to be fair on Saturday morning was quite simple. And coming back into service, we probably, I thought that we'd have probably moved on to a slick tie for the afternoon, 
but it seemed to be that there was more rain down in Newry and then the closer you got to Armagh, kind of it got progressively drier. Like the first stage, even the second pass was quite wet. And as you got into the second one, it just got a bit drier all the way towards the end. And then the third one was was pretty, you know, you'd be quicker on a, on a dry tyre without doubt, a good bit quicker because the wets were going off after about three, four miles. So it was it was tough for that. I mean, it was typical Ulster. Like, the, when you think we had Ulster in November last year, <coughs> and we had we had less rain, didn't we? So yeah. Yeah. It, every Ulster I've done in August, I think we there's been some complication with weather. It's, it's typical, and the stages really didn't, you know, with farmyards like you said and stuff like that, and the time of year with tractors on the road, it really polluted them in places. You, know. you just want to prove yourself against the the best drivers out there. Do you feel that Ireland's given you that challenge? Uh, we'll start with Marion, and then we'll go over to JJ then. Yeah, I mean, I think I say this to a few people. I think a lot of regional championships, the level is as high as as anyway, you know. Um, and Ireland's one of them. The events are pretty specialist. You know, you see guys like Ali and Josh, especially, have done these events for ten years plus. So to to come and compete is is tough. And you know, we did it did it all in twenty nineteen. So we thought, right, we've got some experience, but then we've had a and and a forced two or three year break, you know. So that wasn't ideal. So we'd, we'd probably forgotten a few things since then. But yeah, to to come back was nice, and and I think the the championship is really strong as it's shown this year. And the, the pace between sort of the top four or five guys at times has been really really good. <clears throat> but I still I don't think people really fully expected us to be where we were at the start of the year in Galway yeah. and West Cork. You know, I think people probably expected us to be a bit more kind of just chasing the boys. And so when we kind of won the first stage of the year and almost won the first rally of the year. I think it kind of, it turned a few heads and then people kind of saw through the year that we maybe could fight, you know. Um, but still saying that we got to the middle of the year and the, the events, I think the circuit, Killarney, we struggled a bit, to be honest, um, for whatever reason. But then we kind of had to, from Donegal on, we had to build back and just just get comfortable again. And, and it's come good at the end of the year, which was good. And I think... This year, I've learned a lot from it because in 2019, we weren't really at the front all year and, and you don't do things the same if you're not at the front. You know, it's not the same environment kind of thing. You know, you don't want to tell the boys around you everything. You want to keep things to yourself. You know, every every little bit of info you can get, you want to be, you know, you want to make the most of it. So it's it's taught me a fair bit, you know, um, and coming back, I think, with hopefully the same car and everything the same around me, that'll be a big help as well. And obviously a lot fresher knowledge because hopefully we, there won't be a pandemic between now and February. <laughs> and like JJ, from your point of view, like, you know, you obviously, you know, a vital part of the team, <coughs> what you bring to that team as well, you know, you want to give your maximum input. Do you feel that Ireland allows you to do that as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like Matt says, the events, okay, they are quite specialist, but they are, fantastic quality events and you know there's not many domestic championships in the world which give you that amount of mileage with that amount of strong competition um so to be able to do it and you gain so much um you know not only just as a crew but individually as well you know adding it's even just being able to work with the gravel you know you don't get that really anywhere outside of you know, a European Championship uh, level, so that just gives you that extra dimension. Um, and the front, you're at such a level at the front as well that it just brings you on. Uh, 
kind of forces you to really look into the finite details of things and to be able to deliver that final tenth, which, you know, we've needed <laughs> for most of this year. You know, we've all been so close on so many events. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's a fantastic place to go around. And, of course, everybody's so welcoming. Um, okay, we're fighting for tents on the stages, but in between, you know, when we have a little opportunity or if there's a delay, everybody, you know, is having having the crack and just enjoying the sport. And ultimately, that's what it's about. And uh, yeah. it's been a real pleasure, actually, to compete against the boys this year and actually be amongst them on the front. That's the key. I think the key with Ireland is the, the boys are so good, you know, that the atmosphere is really good. There's no... Nobody's trying to do anyone over, you know. It's it's all at the end of the day where we go to work on a Monday morning. That's where we look at it. So yeah. it's it's serious competition still, like as serious as you get anyway. But <clears throat> still, you know, ultimately, you know, it's a sport like JJ said, and, and you've got to enjoy it. And and to be fair, it's been really healthy this year. You know, the guys have a lot of respect for each other, and and even though we try and kick the hell out of each other on the stage in between, it's pretty good. And, and it's a really nice atmosphere. And uh, it's probably an atmosphere I haven't, I haven't experienced anywhere else in Raleigh, you know? Yeah, you know, the fight is with the club, <laughs> not with each other, basically, isn't that really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've been quite lucky this year. Obviously, we've had Ali and the team and to have Gordy there, you know, Gordy Noble along and competing against him and Rory um, as well. They, they are actual legends of the sport and, you know, being able to work alongside them and, and listen to the stories and, you know, it's just been classes, you know, somebody who loves a sport as much as he, you know, competes in it. And uh, yeah, no, it's just that level of camaraderie and mm-hmm. the enjoyment, it, you know, ultimately, like I say, it's what it's all about. And like, uh, Miriam, from, you know, they put your business hat on now, like for the Melvin Evan Motorsport, it's been a good shop window with Ali and yourself there as well. Uh, you know, and then uh, <coughs> Robert Barbell at the start of the year in the National Championship. It's a good platform to show how good a team you're from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great place, you know, to, and the guys, like, they're very good to deal with. Um, you know, <clears throat> Ali was, was a good guy to get on board. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out from this year. Um, we just thought we won the British Championship last year. It'd be nice to, to get the Tama Championship, but um, maybe it'll come another year, hopefully. But, um, you know, it was it, it's a great, great place, you know, and um, the thing is, with with the Tama Championship is like Jay just said the mileage of the events you know it, it just puts a bit more pressure on on everyone to deliver it you know with with no disrespect to the British Championship most of the events are forty miles so if you if you prepare the car properly it should last you know because you do loops on a WRC event you do loops in Donegal that are forty miles you know so it's just a different different challenge and I think <clears throat> you know you have there's more managing about it you know you have, you obviously have different weathers over one event like Donegal is three days, you have, you might have two totally different setups in the car because one one day can be bone dry, the next day you could have monsoon rain. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of thinking and, you know, a lot more of that dimension. There's more more managing the event in between, like inside the team and everything like that. So, yeah, it's, it's I'd say it's more involving. Um, the the events obviously are very good. We get a great welcome. We always have and we have, we have really good kind of history in Ireland. So, yeah, I don't think we'll be stopping coming over quite anytime soon anyway. <laughs> and you know we, we go back now to the Ulster rally I suppose like you talked then after Johnny got his puncture with two stages to go you had to then throttle back you know that yeah. then last two stages I know uh, Jonathan you had said about 
you know, what was your time in the last stage whenever Andy Walsh asked you? And you said it was like eight, eight days and something or other, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> like, they were in difficult stages to drive. Jay, do, do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously once uh, Johnny had his bone chewy, we were kind of like two minutes, two and a half minutes of the road. So at that point, you know, you start naturally start backing off and you start listening for all the noises and, you know, you think, oh God, if I'm going to go in on this corner, am I going to get a puncture? Or, you know, it was still so easy to lose at that point. Um, so the last stage did feel a lot. <laughs> I mean, I, it was only eight, eight and a bit. Last loop <laughs> Yeah, the last loop did. <laughs> Especially the last, I had the, I remember eating past the stage of, of Mount Pleasant. I had, I think it was like five pages ago and it was 2.6 miles. And both times I thought, Jesus, is where we still got two and a half miles to go. And uh, that was definitely a case. <laughs> I just thought, oh my God, this is like never ending. I mean, it wasn't, to be fair, once you're actually in the stage, it wasn't too bad. You kind no. of do your job. You're not, your mind's not on it at all, really. Not my side anyway. Um, I don't really have time to think or see or whatever's going on. But yeah, it did feel... A lot more drag towards the end there, but the the feeling crossing the finish line was more than worth it. I think the the worst one for me was actually the first one out of service because the lead we had with one of those, I'd say it was a nice lead, but it wasn't the best. It was like leading a football match 2 0, you know? Yes. You give them one and, and soon they'll be back in it, kind of thing, you know? So, and, and you know, there's just things I stand to think already. Like, for the, it was the first time in my career that the rally was in my hands, you know, the win, you know, it was for me to lose. And there were a few places where we just ran over a pothole, and I thought, oh, will that punch you? And then I was worried for the next corner, and it was just getting your head around that. You know, the, the next two, then I kind of launched into Babylon Hill for the second time, and I thought, sort of went up to fifth gear and thought, right, let's go. And then we got into the first corner, and JJ would tell you, like, I had a, a flat two left in my notes, which I would never ever lift for. Really. <clears throat> and I just come out, and I, like, in my head, I was like, I can't do it. I, just, I can't take this risk. I just can't do it. So, yeah. And, and I got to the ending. The first thing I said was, that was bloody terrible. <laughs> but like, from your own, like, you know, you're a mechanic or you're working on these cars day in, day out. You know the noises they make. And like, if you yeah. hear a different noise, you're like, what was that kind of thing? Yeah, um, but even, even, no, no. even the noises they always make, you know? Yes. I got out the car in between, well, just before the last stage do the tire pressures and I could hear a noise from inside the fuel tank and it's just the lift pumps going they do it all the time and and you know I was like I don't think I've heard that before <laughs> is, that, is that normal? <laughs> yeah <laughs> and on the Saturday were you you know were you still conscious of what Josh was doing or had you kind of closed that off and it was more just focused on keeping the lead and, and watching out for Johnny? To be honest we kind of once we knew we were in a position to win the rally, I, I didn't really look at Josh at all myself. If something happened to him, then obviously it, there was nothing I could do anyway. So yeah. there was no point looking at it. And, and it was a surprise, actually. I thought I'd have probably looked at him a bit more. I did have one little glance when we were on the on the, on the the stop line with Andy just to see if he'd come. But um, yeah, look, it was out of our hands. So, you know, we never really <clears throat> had to look. You know, he did his job. And even to be fair to him, we drove two stages at the speed he drove all weekend. And I thought I was going slow, but we were still quicker than him. So, he, you know, for him to drive the speed he did for two days, I know it goes against the grain for him a lot. <laughs> so, no, it, it was a tough job, I would say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do we know, as you say there, like Josh Moffat, Callum Devine, Alistair Fisher, you know, and yourselves, it's 
Johnny Greer, everybody, you know, all them top drivers, it's as fast as they can down a stage. Like to do that goes against everything that you, yeah. you do. Like it must be even more difficult to drive that way. And like it, it taught me a lot actually, because you know, you see how we're all so close on so many stages in, in, in the R5 cars and <clears throat> kind of it's just if you come back that little bit, you just drop off a cliff completely. Like, you know, I think second time through Babylon Hill, we were 15 seconds slower. And I don't think, you know, I didn't drive, I drove a lot slower again in the last stage, you know, but you can just lose time so easily if you're not on the cars, you know. Um, and it just, yeah, it, it surprised me to how much, the cars don't drive themselves at all, you've got to make it, make it work, you know. I, and, you know, that's probably a silly question, but is the car <laughs> almost harder to drive when you back off that wee bit? It can be. It can. I think it's just the concentration. Um, I found the car was still okay, but obviously, if you sit in, the de- in a delay or something, to be fair, the organisers they run a great rally the weekend. There was never a delay, so everything stayed warm. But if you went in on cold tyres, and I think actually, if it was a bone dry rally, it would probably be more prominent. You know, that that you know that if you're not driving hard, things don't work. Luckily, we were on wet tyres and stuff, so they were really really soft and they worked straight away. Whereas if you were going out on like a medium or a hard slick and you weren't driving hard, then that creates a problem because you're not heating the tires and you're not getting confidence and you're just going to completely go the wrong way. You know? And then you know we've seen then the scenes at the end of that last stage. You know your reaction when you get out of the car the way and they captured it like that was something else. And then you know like for Andrew Nesbitt, I'm sure I don't know what he's like for you guys in, in Wales and the UK. Like, he's a, a national treasure here. Oh, well, that's the thing. I'm interviewing you, it's something else, isn't it? And a lot of people probably don't know that, that, you know, JJ grew up watching the BRC. I actually grew up watching the Tama Championship. You know, I have all of Plum's DVDs and stuff. So to, to be like, like I said, and to Andy or to Andrew, even at the end of the stage, like, to be among that, you know, now as a winner in the championship and everything, you know, is really, really special to me. It's like, I said to Jason, I can't way home. Like, I don't think eight-year-old me could ever imagine this would have happened, you know? <laughs> because obviously I was growing up while dad was rallying in Ireland on a national team mostly. And I was uh-huh. watching these videos every Christmas. And, <clears throat> you know, the Donnelly Nesbitt days, the ones that I kind of grew up watching, you know, the, the two-litre era. Uh-huh. So, you know, just to see have Andrew at the end, you know, at the, I think he lives near there as well. Ah, he lives just a mile or something off the stage. And they come to shake nice. your hand and present you with a bottle of champagne. Like, yeah. You know, it's pretty cool then for your it point. Is, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. It was the same in Donegal, actually, when we got it, went into the hotel. Uh, the yeah. hotel just after Atlantic Drive was really nice. Uh-huh. A lot of legends there, you know, people that I've grown up watching on on TV coming to shake your hands and stuff. It, it's brilliant. It's And I think that's that's another draw with Irish Rally. You know, it's it's a really kind of big family in a way that you know these guys you have to earn their respect but but once you, you know you can get it by performing well kind of thing yeah i always think of like what you call it, meet the fuckers you know the the inner circle if you're in the circle, <laughs> in the circle <laughs> yeah. <Circle of> trust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my daughter's in the circle now. so it's probably a very early yet to be thinking but is there a plan for the rest of the season or do you start to look forward now to 2023 well, we've got the, my home rally in a couple of weeks. Obviously, Rally Kennedy Gun, which is around the BRC. Uh, we were probably always going to go there anyway, just because it's, it's a home rally. We were leading it in, in 19 before we went off. So it would be nice to go back. Um, can we win that? I don't know. Let's see. But, um, you know, Keith Oshin, a lot of the BRC guys are really fast. Aiden Patton as well. He's won a WRC rally, so he can't be slow. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll just go and see how it goes. I mean, 
Luke Barry rang me today and, and I just said to him, well, there's no pressure really. Like I've I've achieved pretty much what I wanted from this year. So we'll just go do what we can. If it comes off, it comes off. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know. And I knew that championship wise this year would be tough for that level of experience to win it. And I just kind of said it'd be nice to get a rally under the belt. And we've done that now. So yeah, I think going forward, obviously we can we can look at getting more, fingers crossed. But um they never come easy. And uh yeah, the one in a few weeks won't be easy either. No. And like you know, that's what somebody said to me one time, you have to celebrate the good days because you know they're they're, they're few and far between. So that's, that's it, especially you know finishing. We've had a good year on the whole. I mean, we've gone yeah. the podium on I think five of the seven rallies, but still, there's nothing like winning. <laughs> and they're the really really good days. That's the day you can go home and say nobody was better than me this weekend. You know, yeah. Um, and and you don't get many of them. So I th- yeah, you don't want to shout about it too much because people will think you're gloating. And stuff, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, you've got to enjoy it though. Yeah. And like JJ, from your point of view too, you know, like this is something that you have grown up, you know, you've wanted to be a co-driver, you want to be the best there is. You've come away from the Australia and what Marion said, nobody could beat you, you just beat whoever was there. Yeah, 100%, you know, and you work so hard for every rally that you go to and obviously you, you <laughs> want to do as well as you can. And, you know, when it, when all that hard work uh, finally pays off, it's so rewarding and it's so motivating as well. Um, you know, now you got the first one, you're naturally a little bit greedy and you want more. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, it just makes you work that much harder again. You know, and we'll obviously rally by in a couple of weeks and then we'll look to next year. But that getting that first win under the belt will drive the hunger over the winter, that's for sure. And, you know, go into next year it'll keep the motivation up and you'll want to hit the ground running. And, you know, it has that, you know, a positive effect on everything, really. And yeah. No, it's class. Yeah. So, like, from our own point of view here, from myself and Connor, we want to thank you very much. Delighted the way, you know, the way the, the season ended for you. And uh, thanks for all your help throughout the year. You've been so helpful when it come to the podcast. <laughs> Connor, I'm sure you'll back me up on that one. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And, 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 you know, the both of you have made yourself available every time we asked. And we do appreciate that. Thank you, boys. No, it's been, it's been great to come on. It's just really good, actually. I listen to this. Um, I drive to the missus' house to, on Friday nights, and I, I, the radio is terrible. So I just put this on and, and listen, even if I'm on it. You know, I know exactly what it's on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not driving to his house every championship round. <laughs> and thank you for the support as well you know without people like yourselves we wouldn't be able to promote it oh, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a pleasure being involved in this sport like as you say it's the family thing it's getting you know it's it's such positive news is in the rally and it's great to put it out there to the, the wider audience so mm, definitely yes so thank you very much once again and we'll catch up with you again soon thank you thank you Appreciate the two guys there taking the time. You know, they're, they're only home from their travels. Uh, and the great Joe Sharp then caught up with the the other podium finishes from the weekend were uh, Johnny Greer and uh, Jason Mitchell, and then top two who drive Martin Dunn. Johnny Greer, congratulations. Another great result here in the Modern Tires Ulster Rally. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, difficult event. The uh, the Ulster always is tricky. I'll say that the weather never seems to work with you. It's always going to rain at some point during the weekend. And the rain came this morning, so made it uh, a lot more difficult than it needed to be. But yeah, we had a good enough run. I think uh, we lost a lot of time to Marion in the first stage this morning. He had a really good run through and opened up a gap, and he was just kind of maintaining it then over the course of the rally. 
unfortunately we got a punch early on and dropped another two minutes so that's uh, yeah that sort of summed up our, our event but uh, at least we dropped a bit of time we got back to second in the end so second's a good result sure yeah, very good sort of end up back where we started but just uh, a bit more excitement along the way but no good event everything run well so very happy to get the finish and the car's running good for you yeah, yeah, everything's good. Uh, everything worked well. Never had any problems. Never had any problems with the car that weren't uh, weren't driver oriented. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the uh, yeah, everything worked 100%. Car run faultlessly all weekend. So uh, good event, uh, great rally, and uh, yeah, happy enough. So you get a rest now. The championship's over now, so there. Yeah, well, uh, both of our championships over for the season really now, and it's still August. So that's a strange position to be in, but yeah, I think we'll just look and see what's what's out there. Maybe do a few events towards the end of the year, but the moment we'll just. We'll just uh, take a few weeks anyway and just uh, relax for a bit and then go from there. Jason, a nice result today for you in the Northern Tires Ulster Rally. Yeah, no, I, uh, sort of still can hardly believe it to be honest now. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that today now to be honest. I just, I did come and you know, wanted to try and, you know, move on a bit like, but it just shows you if you hang in there, circumstances can, can go your way as well. For sure, you have some great times the other day now. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's funny, you know, it, it does sort of help when you're fighting, you know, when you're fighting for something, when you're further down the field sometimes, you don't know, there's any reason for risk, you know, but yeah, right. it's nice there now, if we, can, if we can put ourselves in that position more often now, I think it'll help us move on a bit as well. Sure, well, and you're very happy with the car now. Yeah, we are, um, uh, and you know, like them stages were, were unbelievable difficult, like when we done the recce, like I was sort of, I woke up on, uh, on Friday morning, this, this is going to be a tough one here now, and you know when we got out, when we got out there, and you know they got better, the stage got better, you know, and then the rain this morning, then that sort of changed their mindset again. But no, look, we we were happy, and that we were sort of able to keep the pace up when the conditions got bad as well. So no, all good. And don't get me wrong, we do know that. You know, the circumstances helped us this weekend as well. Like obviously Josh was just trying to secure a fourth place. So, you know, we know that Josh could have, you know, we're, we're with Josh behind us and <laughs> we're sitting going now, when does Josh, when does Josh turn up the screw here, you know? But that's but nice to be competing with Josh at the tenths, you know, and uh, funny that Andy was just telling me there, when, when the last look there, you know, and the, I went out and I said, right, I'm, I'm going to turn the screw up here for the, the first, uh, Nice. Oh, it's nice, yeah. Last night, I think it was after the goal, last night it was 47s overall, I think. 
I told back I hit the roll, hit the roll for two in the Hey, look, that way I wanted our way, he land, land a roof or somewhere. Oh, oh, that's unfortunate, David. Ah, it's unfortunate, David. Hey, it was me three weeks ago. I'll take it for Exactly. Very good. So you must have done very well today. Ah, it's funny, good push today, anyway. Funny, I enjoy the weather, I'll say. Go right in the weather. Ah, good push today, anyway. You'd rather it's wet than it's dry, would you? Ah, I'd rather wet, yeah. The wet's not as fast, hey. It's tricky, like. It's tricky, And the cow went very well for you? Oh, it's Yeah, no bother. It's Very good. Is there any more events planned now for this year? Ah, funny, I've been at the end of Waxford now, so. Thanks to Joe for catching up with the lads there. It's good to hear. Um, then also in the Ulster, there was a, quite a good battle amongst the R4s. It was Jason Dixon took the win in the Ulster. Um, but it was Ryan Cadwell that took the win from the championship point of view by one point. So it's been a close tussle there all year. And uh, yeah, when you get to the end of the season and there's only one point in it, it shows you how hard they were fighting. Um, speaking of a good fight, there's also the historic battle for the Tarmac Championship as well. And the winner was Neil Williams, who we caught up with earlier. Yeah, pretty much. Obviously, we started back in Killarney last year and we had a good result there. Um, I wasn't feeling very well on the weekend, um, but the rally turned out okay championship-wise. Six is where we finished overall. I was at a heavy, heavy flu and whatever, but um, yeah, it started well. And as you say, we've done five rounds. Um, six could have counted. And we've been lucky that um, we've managed to finish well in, in every one we've done, really. Yeah. And, the, you know, with the double points in the Cork 20 and the Ulster, that probably paid to your favour as well, that you were, you know, it was the, the one trip, but there was double points in offer. Yeah. Well, obviously, I looked at that to see which, which rounds are going to be double rounds. And I really wanted to go to Donegal this year, but I just couldn't make him. My dad had a hip replacement. We, we worked together. Uh, so I couldn't, couldn't take the time off work. Um, yeah, obviously, work has to come first in this job, obviously, you know. Um, we're, only a, we're only a small little team and whatever. We're not professional by no means, but we just try and do the best we can. So, obviously, work has to come first. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we didn't do Donegal, uh, but we're just lucky with the events that we did that um, it worked well. Like, And like, what makes the, the Irish round so attractive? You know, it's not cheap getting on a boat and coming over. It's like, so what makes, makes you want to do that? Well, number one is the roads. Obviously, um, you just cannot beat Irish lanes. Um, each event has got its own special spice of roads and whatever. Um, I saw a big eye opener this weekend up in the north. It's the first time I rallied up in the north. Nothing wrong with the roads at all, but much more technical than you, you would be normally used to, like an open, fast-flowing rally. Um, I would say very specialist rally, obviously, uh, especially with the first days, Gillian, you know. Um, but yeah, yes, okay, we've got closed roads in other places, Belgium, France, whatever. But for me, or for us to travel from Wales, um, it's, a, it's further to travel there. It's easier for us to get on the boat three quarters of an hour. I'm on the ferry from where I live. And, and we can reach, you know, half a dozen rallies within an hour or so from the boat to the side. You know, obviously, we want to go a bit further Killarney or wherever, further north. Well, it's a few more hours, but it's definitely worth the trip. But. Excellent, excellent. And, you know, yeah, you're very focal about how good the roads are. Now. Would you encourage more competitors to come over and, and make the trip as well? Yes, it's um, well. When I first started coming over in 05, I was doing some um, local tarmacs and single venues and bits and bobs and the odd epint and whatever. Um, but I was saying to people, I was sacrificing one or two rallies there, maybe just to do one rally out there. You know, I'd rather sort of do less events and just do one or two extra in Ireland. Then we started coming out to West to Wexford was the first. Well, Ravens Rock was the first one I ever did in 05. 
And we did Wexford, finished well there. And then from there on, we've just been coming a minimum sort of three, four, four times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and not doing much at home then, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, we'll go back here to the Ulster Rally. Like, as you were saying there, like a different characteristic, but, you know, in a way, a different challenge. Because there was so much driving, the changeable conditions, the, you know, the, the nighttime stage, it was a different dimension as well. Yes, it was, um, you know, obviously it was, I found every stage, you started to get a bit of a flow sort of quarter of the way through, halfway through, and all of a sudden you're back to the flying crests and, you know, having to rely on the notes and whatever. And because the t- conditions were quite sort of tricky on the Saturday, you know, you, could, you couldn't fully commit to a blind to the three or a four, you know, knowing is it going to be shiny or not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the specialist stages, well, I, I think, especially the first one, I didn't enjoy the first stage, as I said to Andy and, and Killian on the video there. I was, I was pretty gutted with my time on the end of the first stage, to be honest, because it felt so slow. Um, but having said that, the time was pretty good because we'd taken some time off some modified boys, which I was surprised with. And we were sort of similar times to a few of the guys historically that had been there before. Um, but having said that, then when we went back to do the Gillan second time in the dark, I think it was probably my favourite event of the whole weekend. Uh, I think you know, the people I've spoken to since, the second time over that run in the dark was something else. You know, it was, it was unreal. It was the atmosphere was just more electric. There was flashes going off and the spectators, you came on the corner, there was hundreds of people everywhere. Um, it was just amazing. And like you know, this historic championship this year has really become alive. Like they're going into the final round, there was I think five, maybe six different crews, all and with a chance of taking the title. Like I think it was you I spoke to you over the weekend, and you said every car is the same. You know, this, you know they're all a Mark II Escort. They all have a, a you know a BDG engine, a ZF box. There's no tricks. It's it's the driver, the team, the crew. That's what makes it. You know, that's what makes the difference. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously there's different classes for each historic class. But if you're in the sort of ultimate class, as they say, the BDGs and the, and the ZFs, well, there is no goalpost you can move then. Obviously, you've got the spec, you've got the brakes, the gearbox, as you say, they're all the same. Uh, so it's down then to the team to do the team job then, really. Obviously, not just driving and navigating and getting that click and getting that flow. Well, obviously, reliability comes into it then. You know, the team behind you and whatever. Um, but anyway, I run a modified car for years and um, it just got to a point where the goalposts were moving so quickly. As soon as I got a full spec, I was doing well and somebody else has got something else and the paddle shifts this and different gearboxes, that and whatever, and bigger brakes and suspensions. And hang on, this is just getting out of hand. Like, you know? So that's what I decided to change. Then I left it, left it in 2012. So I've been nearly in the historic for, for nearly 10 years. I did a lot of historic stuff at home on gravel as well. And then we decided to come back then to Ireland then in 2018, I think it was, in Carlo, um, no, West Cork, it was 2018. That's the first time that Anthony sat with me and then, and we've been together since then. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Andy Walsh who said, you know, there must be like a, a, a form you have to fill in to do historic rallying. And being a thoroughly decent bloke seems to come at the very top of that list. They're a great bunch of lads. Oh, yeah. I mean, the cam- camaraderie is something else, I mean. It's because we know the system, the way the car is working and everything. You you know he's got the same thing as you, so you know that is he's not getting an advantage here and there and everywhere. It's down to you and him. There's nowhere to hide. There's banter, so you know. I mean, I've said it at the end of a few stages when it's been quite heated on the end of the rally. I've, I've said to people, "Come and have a go," you know, because that is where the fun is. You know, there's I don't see the fun in sort of having to spend so and so thousands of thousands 
just to keep up with the Joneses, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather have, like you just said now, the one spec, and we'll all have a go together. And that's where the fun comes into it. You can have a pint at the after at the end of the day and say, look, you know, you drove what you had as best you could. I drove what I had best you could. And whoever came out on top is the way it is, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, you, you mentioned earlier on that, you know, the team behind you, like you were saying you, before we started recording, you do a lot of the work on the car yourself. Like, so you know every nut and bolt on that car. And, and then on the event, you have guys there helping you out. It's, it's such a small team effort. And it's great to be able to reward your team with the, the championship victory. Yeah, this is it. I mean, I mean, it's been it's been a good year. Obviously, we've had a few good results over the different years, but this year's really clicked. Obviously, it's um, and it's it's quite an ask for people to come out for and leave work for two or three days a week and the weekend to be out with us. Um, you know, I've got I've been lucky. I've got a lot of people, good people around me, a lot of good friends and whatever. And like you say, I look after the car myself ninety percent, ninety nine percent of the car myself. And sometimes if I'm in service and I see the guys driving in to do something, and sometimes I just want to get in there myself because I know what size this panel is and whatever, or you need this panel, like whatever, you know. But you just got to sit back and let them get on with it and trust what they do. And, you know, it all works well, out well, you know, it's great. And, like, you know, for a, like a man doing the work himself, sponsorship is vital to make what you do happen. Like, I'm saying you'd like to thank your sponsors for helping you out this year as well. Yeah, you're right. I've had a lot of, lot of sponsorship um, deals over the, over the years, but I've had a lot of people that always stuck with me for a long time. I've got our own company, Cardigan 4x4, which I run myself and my father. Um, I've had a long-term sponsor, Ennis Caravans in West Wales here, uh, look after us. Um, I've had another sponsor that come on board recently. It's the Can Kevlice Holiday Cottages. Jamie, he's a hell of a hell of a nice guy, and he's really keen to come and look at the car and whatever. And... and um, but yeah, I mean, Anthony brings his own sponsors as well, which helps as well because he's Kieran uh, um, Welton Motors. He's got Mark Murphy Motors. Um, he's got the Mountain House in, in Ardfield and loads of other different people that help us out on different events. But those are the main sort of backers we've had for a long time, you know, and they stick with us. And I think because, you know, luckily we've we've done quite well over the years, they get a good bit of, bit of uh, good publicity and good return for what they put in because of the success, I think. And we should mention Anthony here now as well. You know, he's been beside you now for the last few years, like a vital part of the team as well, obviously. Oh, definitely. I mean, we got on great. I mean, we have done since since the day we met, to be honest. Um, we've, you know, we've spent a lot of time out of the car as well. Um, our, our, both our partners get on. We get on great with the families and everything great. It's not just an arrive and drive sort of deal for the, for the driver and I. We can navigate it with good friends out of the car as well. And I know Anthony's had a tough year this year, and um, we decided at the beginning of this year, we said we'll have a go um, and do it, and we started sort of mounting some points up, and, and it's worked out well, really. And it's just been great that um, I can reward, uh, we can both reward uh, what we've done, what we've put into it. Like, you know? Absolutely. And they say behind every great man, there's an even better woman. Your wife was there at the rump cheering you over the rump on Saturday evening. That's always a yeah. nice thing to have as well. Yeah, my partner Claudia, she's uh, she's been the backbone for my rallying and Irish rallying since I started, to be honest. And um, you know everything I've done or done wrong, whatever, I've been corrected if you like. But you know, it's a case of I couldn't do it without somebody like up behind me. I just couldn't. Um, prepping all the clothes and all the suits, suits and packing all the bags and whatever. You know, yeah, I say I do ninety percent of it, but if I look back, maybe I'll do. I'll probably do less. What I think I do because it's already done for me, you know. Yeah. But you just got to take that and uh, be appreciative of it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, because like, you, you're probably out most nights working away at the car and one thing or another. So you know, it, it yeah. leaves you the time to do all them things. 
yeah, this is it. I mean, like we said earlier, I mean, that's where the reliability comes from, Kevin. I think you have to look at every nut and bolt you know on the car. And, you know, I mean, you can't look in big, inside big things like engines and gearboxes and things like that break, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the little, 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 little things. I've always been taught by my dad over the years to build a car. And we, my dad rallies and we used to rally a long time ago and won lots of events and whatever. And I started obviously working on his cars, you know. And it was always down to the finer details, the small little, little wires sort of passing a bit tight here. No, 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 that needs to be looped around there. It's the little things that count in my eyes. Yeah. You know? Oh, well, this year has proved that, you know, reliability has been second to none. And, you know, that is the key to your championship campaign too, as well yeah, as the I speed. Think so. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, yeah, the speed is obviously there. I mean, I think I've always been sort of, if I'm comfortable with the car, and things click on the day and whatever, the speed just comes, you know, naturally, you know. Don't have to be don't have don't have to feel uncomfortable to push to get the speed. Whereas if the car isn't right and if if you if you've changed something and you're not happy with it, it'll take a few stages to get into it. And I look at it then I don't really push to try and push on then if you know if something's a bit different, well, I'll give it a bit of time and then sort of bed it in or maybe a different tire or whatever. And I'll just try it for the first time and just give it some time and just get used to it. Excellent. Well, Neil, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and hopefully we'll see yourself and maybe a few others here next year as well. Yeah, that'll be great. Obviously, I've got a few plans for coming up now, but I'm going to take a bit of a, while, a bit of a break now for a while. There's a few plans in, in the wind, so we'll see now. We'll, uh, we'll probably come back with the same sort of car next year, but probably pick and choose some events. Can't guarantee whether I will commit to the championship again. We'll, we'll see this year now, but uh, mm-hmm. obviously family commitments and work have to come first, so we'll just see how it goes, really. So great to hear from Neil there. And, you know, it's lovely to hear such a, you know, a true clubman there, really. Um, so this weekend then, coming up, then we have Galway Summer Stages and the Dava Forest Single Stage. Um, this Galway Rally entry, phenomenal. They have over 200 entries there. Uh, even though the championships decided, it's still a strong sterling entry there. Very good entry and a juicy top 10 as well. You know, we're looking at Robert Barabell, which is great to see Robert out again. Mm-hmm. Patter Herson, Gareth McHale, David Guest, Joseph McGonagall, Tim McNulty, Ren Comiskey, Derek McGarty, mm-hmm. and uh, Andrew Purcell, Niall Maguire. Like, that's a cracker of top 10, really yeah. is. Yeah, like, you know, that's great. You know, in some ways, it's probably good to see Josh removed out of that because it, it opens up there. There is probably any one of them top yeah, 10 guys will all be thinking that there will be at least a podium there for them for the second, yeah. without a doubt, you know. So, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And again, interesting weather forecast this weekend that could actually throw something else into them. You know, yeah. we've, we've seen that recently in the last couple of months. The weather does play a part. So, yeah. I can, and, and with, you know, as, as Marion was saying earlier, this summer rain, it can dry so quickly and it can just, you know, it can change the nature of the stage so quickly and so easily as well. Too. Yeah. And then, you know, the top, the two-wheel drive is still all to play for there in the national championship as well. You know, you have Jason Black and um, uh, Ed O'Callaghan still fighting for that title as well too. So they, yeah. there's a, a, you know, a cracker of a two-wheel drive entry there as well too. So that's There is. Yeah, you've Adrian well. Hetherington and then you have Sam Moffat's out in the starlet again. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, you know, there's a, a, a you know, again, probably 10 guys is all thinking they're going to be in, in with a good chance of that one as well, too. And then Dava, um, fantastic to see Maher Hulk Motor Club um, coming up with a new event. It's Shane McGurl staying now in a few minutes. Um, you know, always great to see because there is so limited forest, forest roads in Ireland. It's always great to see a new one coming along that nobody's ever done before. 
So like that's going to be very interesting. And then you know you have uh, the one of the stars from the Australia, Desi Henry, and then you you have you know and a stellar lineup of a top ten there too. Yeah, um, you have uh, you know Martin Kearns. There's a, you know there's a wreck of boys there who will all like, uh, what we'll be trying to think here. Mark Donnelly, Mark Donnelly, Jason yeah, Mitchell, Jason Mitchell, yep, and Derek McCullough. McGarty. Derek, <laughs> going to do two rallies one day. That's, uh, exactly, Joe Haggerty. <laughs> <laughs> Nile Henry, you know, so like there's again a strong, strong entry list there. And then, you know, in the two wheel drive, then you have Martin McCormick, Shane McGurr, and uh, Frank Kelly. And great to see Ian Miller back out as well, too. Like uh, Ian, did look at the entry list, seems to be out in the, the red 1600 BDA, and that car is scream with that. It has to be here to be believed, you know. So absolutely, and you have Marty's brother, um, Greg, Greg, is out in the Skoda. Yeah, you know, yeah. so like there's a like there'll be some. You know, but I'll hope to make that up to that myself because I think it's going to be a fascinating rally. I know it's only three stages, but you know, them boys, everyone will be going hammer and tongs from the word go. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you know, I think without further ado, we'll catch up with one of those forestry heroes, Shane McGurk, because that's that. Um, I think you will enjoy this. No, gravel rallying is an airbag bone, and for a while, you don't really know because we started years ago when we were cubs and it was all on tarmac or like concrete and yeah, I can't work out really where a gravel come into but the first day we done a gravel rally that was it there was no more tarmac no more concrete that's it all gone uh, you're, isn't it a great saying around your part of the world that the tar is only for getting you to the stages <laughs> oh you're exactly right that's exactly what it's for that's big Bobby Sharkey speak too <laughs> so like and that in mind your season's really kicking off now you know we have Dava coming up now at the weekend then Lakeland uh, the, you know, the ultimate rally, the Bushwhacker and, you know, the Tour of the Spurns make the comeback. Like this Dava rally, it's the first time that Murrayfield Motor Club has run the event. It's just one stage done three times. It's looking like an interesting V rally. It is. Funny enough, Denver was just over there and we're after going through the notes of it. Um, I think we just need to pull the horns in on this one because when you come from Cork Forest and it flat out fast, 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 you know, cornering speeds to this... Uh, Classic look on we rally, mm-hmm. but technical and tight, and just need to be careful on it. Now I don't think it's no place for her works now. Yeah, and but it looks a real nice wee stage now. Yeah. And and it's great to see a new event come along because you know there's so many events disappearing. So to see a new one has to be very welcome. Oh, brilliant! I love going to new stages. You know, there's so, you know the, the forest. There is a forest. There's only so many of them in the country, and only so many forest lanes. It's not like Carmack rally, and we can go and take new stages all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to see something new coming on. This looks really good, and I'm glad to see the club's getting a good entry. And you know, and it looks a nice, strong entry there. Absolutely, absolutely. And then you know, the couple of weeks after that, then you're into you know your home event, the Lakeland. Uh, you know, always a great event too. Yeah, it's been a bit. Of, we seem to have been lined up for a long time there, doing nothing, and now we seem to have a whole heap of stuff at the one time. So we were come out of Cork Forest last last weekend. There was it, or the weekend before. And now we're jumping into Dava and then the Lakelands in the one week with Sunday for Dava and then oh, Saturday, Saturday for the Lakelands. So it's all actually in one week. Uh-huh. So we hope we don't do any damage or any breaking or wrecking match in Dava. There'll be no Lakelands. <laughs> but uh, the Lakelands is a classic. I love the Lakelands stages. There's just something about the nature of the stages. Same a bit like Dava needs to be treated with respect. You know, they're tough, bumpy, you know, stages, but really committed if you're committed to the Lakelands now you'll go well but if you're not you're not mm-hmm. you know the Lakelands you just need to put the 
all on the table and go at it. Yeah. And then, you know, the 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 one gravel rally that every man talks about from the beginning of the year, uh, the Bushwhacker, that gets known more yeah. locally as the, the Oma Grand Prix. It's the one Oma everyone, Grand Prix, sure. Uh, it's the one everyone you wants, isn't to, it? Everybody wants to win on the Grand Prix at that. Final Town on the Grand Prix, for some reason, is just the one, and it's from the first stage, it's just to the tin, and if you sleep, you're sleeping, like, you're, you're in catch-up all day. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately, that happened to us in Cork this year, like, I just couldn't get into the first stage, and we fell asleep in the first stage, and we lost 10, 12 seconds to Adrian. Now, Adrian was on a massive charge, um, and David Condell, we never got that time back, like. You know, and uh, we we were there, thereabouts the rest of the day, but you never recover from that time loss if you fall asleep in the first year. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, we learned that in Cork again. Mm-hmm. But listen, when you're old and bald and <laughs> sleepy and all the rest <laughs> happens from that again. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> but we both of that problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you talk about the, you know, the level of competition. You know, there's maybe not massive entries for the forestry events, but there's some great competitors there. You know, you, you mentioned Adrian Hillington, David Condell, ah. Frank Kelly there is making an appearance now at the weekend. And you know, Brilliant, uh, you know, you guys just cannot wait to get a cut at each other. It doesn't matter if there's a hundred cars in the rally or the ten cars in the rally, as long as Frank and Adrian and Seamus O'Connor would have been there in the years ago and David mm-hmm. Crossan and the Barretts and all them boys. Listen, and Condell, as long as them boys is there, who cares? What's going on around us? Uh-huh. We only need 10 cars in the rally, really. Right. And you used to come up through the ranks from the 1600s, you know, right up through, you know, it's, it, that grudge match has been going on now for years. It has, like, and the funny thing about it is, and I suppose probably not too many people actually know this, that me and Frank Kelly actually started rallying on the same day at the same rally. It was a wee rally in Anniskillen, run out of Karen, Karen Quarry, I think it was at the time, and it run through a forest stage. Um, Frank, he was off in the second corner. Um, we met at the second stage and then we went off and then he passed us. So <laughs> but both of us had a great start to our rally in career now. But, <laughs> but, and he was know, in a, a front wheel drive Fiesta and I was in a rear wheel drive Skoda with a mad pushrod engine or some hairy thing that was tried to jam it that didn't really work. <laughs> None of the two just take the, country, the, the normal route to, to your success. No, <laughs> I'm surprised his Fiesta actually had a Fiesta engine in it, and not some man Alfa Romeo thing or something like that. <laughs> that is for sure. That is for sure. <laughs> and like you know, then after the Bushwhacker, then you have the Tour of the Spurns making a welcome return to the gravel as well. Yeah, it'd be lovely to see them using like the Cam and Springwell. If you know, I'm not sure that what stages they're using, but the Cam, mm-hmm. the Cam Forest, and the dog leaping them over the years as the daddy. Like it's, yeah. it is. You just come out of that. Don't care with a buzz and a smile on your face and the commitment the jumps and stuff you need in cams awesome yeah. it is it is one of the the proper form of you know first stages that unfortunately it has been sort of lost over the last few years yeah so it'd be I, lovely I, if that's if, if one of them stages run again it'd be lovely to see them back absolutely absolutely and they haven't been used in a few years as well too so you think they'd be in tip-top condition as well they should be in tip-top condition you know, forest in fairness you know they do need rest and every few years you know so Mm-hmm. Covid actually helped some of the forests, you know, to give them the wee rest over two years, and yeah. as much as we all missed the events, but it didn't do the forest any harm. No, you know, no, you no. just can't keep pounding, you know, three hundred horsepower escorts and WRC cars to over forests and not affect them. That's for sure. You know, yeah. a forest yeah. is what it is. It, is. it says on the pin, it is a forest. <laughs> it's a loose surface event. <laughs> it is, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. boys complain about it being rough and stuff, and I know we all sometimes complain about 
you know, been rough, but it, it's it's a gravel rally and it's part and parcel of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just and drive the, to what you see and what your notes do. Like. And, the, you know, the car that you're synonymous with now is the Starlet. You know, you started off in, was it 1400 started? Uh, you know, that we started off in 1400. We, mm-hmm. we actually originally started in a Fiat 131. Mm-hmm. Um, our score only lasted two or three rallies. <laughs> the, the push rod engine kept bringing the gearbox like a day slot. So we got fed up with gearboxes and this thing. And then we went for a Fiat 131. And we were cracking it for years. And only rally car I actually think I ever made any money out of. <laughs> um, I bought it at twelve hundred pound and rallied it for like four years and sold it for like fifteen hundred pound. <laughs> only rally car ever made me any money. And then we went for a GT Escort, but that did, we don't even talk about that in the house. That's just <laughs> hell on earth, I think. <laughs> so then the Starlet started coming on the scene, and the uh-huh. first blue Starlet I had was actually an actual Sammy Wilson car. Yes. In fairness, it was a really well sorted blue car, mm-hmm. you know, and I just fell in love with them then, you know. I, and like what if, you know, and then you know you graduated up then to the, the your current car, you know, officially known as the scrapbook. Like you've yeah. had some fun out of that car. Like it's over uh, ten years now at this stage. I think we're over twelve years now, and you know the, the scrapbox. <laughs> the name of scrapbox probably not too many understands or where the name of this thing came out of. But what happened was me and Stephen O'Hanlon done the Galloway Hills years ago, and um, we come out of Dalbeatie stage, and Dalbeatie stages are really tight technical. We driver stage you know there's a tough wee stage but we had a cracking time on it and we were like third overall and this yoke couldn't half hanging apart like and the boy then a stage looks up at us and he says genie mark boys that's some time for the on scrap scrapbox <laughs> <laughs> i think we were second or third overall at that stage in that stage that's uh-huh. sort of stevie hannon never give that up that's for that stuff <laughs> stuck to this day <laughs> but she's going to get the the pension book now sure well, we might just put her on the pension this yet, you know, but we we'll, might maybe get a wee bit of an easier life, you know. Mm-hmm. We're obviously, we're building this new yoke that some know about and some don't, you know. So, ah, it's one of them odd things that I've wanted to do for 30 years. Um, mm-hmm. It's a ladder reaver. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work in a ladder garage and fires in Derrigonley many moons ago. It's probably 30 years ago. And I just got a fascination for them oddball, ugly looking things mm-hmm. then. Yeah, I always wanted to build one. I've <laughs> always had in my head I wanted to build one, and of course, as the years went on, it's always been put on the back burner. And then I've just decided about five years ago, right? Enough's enough. We have to make the decision. We're going to go with this now. I'm getting not getting any younger. My day race, the young boys is gone, so we're going to just careful about in this old yoke and have a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And you hope to make the, get get her debut this year at some point. Uh, hopefully, you know. Listen, I bought the car back, uh, could be here maybe seven or eight years now at this stage. It was actually an ex-challenge car that used to be a lot of challenge in England. Uh, yeah. It used to be maybe 20 or 30 in motor rally, and this would be an ex-challenge car. Um, we brought it home and stripped it and got it blasted. And you know, I remember Bobby Sharkey turned around saying to me, gee whiz, he says, if that was like an ash, if that was an escort sandblasted, he says that's worth 15 grand for a start. You know, it was mint. The shell uh-huh. was absolutely immaculate on it. So we're resurrecting it now, but there's been a few changes from the ladder challenge spec days. Yes. So we're putting a, a typical between me and Dr. Keith, none of us do things that straightforward. So <laughs> I basically asked him, What engine, Keith, are we going to run on this thing? And hmm, give me a day or so to think about this. He said, Next thing, come back, right? We're going to be a teen Honda, reversing the direction of it and putting it to two litre. So 
I said, okay, whatever you say. That's where we're going. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting to see that when it gets out onto the stages. Yeah, hopefully, you know, listen, if it makes in and around the 290 horsepower, I'll be happy with it, you know. And, you know, the, 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 hopefully it'll be a bit lighter than the, than the Starlet. The Starlet over the last few years has put on a bit of weight now. Oh, yes, I suppose. Yeah. We need to stop putting fillers in our hair and stuff and just, just <laughs> getting a bit on the heavy side. It's just, just too heavy, God. Yeah, and so, it's, it's, it's harder. It's a bit like ourselves. It's, it's easier to put on the weight than it is to lose it. <laughs> you're right. The weight, getting the weight down doesn't help ever. No. <laughs> so, we're hoping to get this out. You know, then we've went through to Samsonis, Samsonis suspension and Samsonis gearbox. So, we're going down that route and a fully floater and an Atlas and stuff. So, but I know it could be a cortex of a yoke and it might work yeah. but if you don't try it you never know if you don't try it and you know the country's full of Askards as much as I love the Askards and all that mm-hmm. I just like to see something different out I just had an Askard for a couple of rallies and nah, it wasn't odd enough for me uh, too, too, it too, be, uh, too convincing uh, <laughs> yeah sure. Sure. Just, no I didn't even look right in the garage <laughs> Well, Shane, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. No problem. We'll Appreciate keep in touch. We'll see you again on stages. No doubt. I'm fascinated to see this new car, Shane, whenever it comes out. Um, you know, my love affair with ladders, uh, I will be intrigued by watching that. So that's it for this episode of Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast. So if you could please remember to like, share, rate, comment, all those things. is hugely appreciated. So until the next time, take care, speak soon, and bye.